the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An athlete uh, follows the rules of training, not the rules that his body would like to dictate. He runs when he'd rather be resting. He eats a balanced meal instead of a chocolate sundae. I don't think they had them back then, but what's an illustration? He goes to bed when he'd rather stay up. Uh, he, He leads his body, and he doesn't let his body lead him. And Paul trained rigorously, lest possibly after I preach to other, I myself should be disqualified. Paul certainly had a discipline towards evangelism. And then he turns around and asks not only the church at Corinth, but by way of proxy, you and I, to explore and engage in that same discipline for the same purpose. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Here's Leighton in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 on today's program. Some will accept Jesus as Lord, others will reject Him, and that's their prerogative. But as believers, it is our Jesus Christ-given assignment to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And with that assignment comes this promise, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Paul says in verse 23, I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessing. Paul's life centered around living out and sharing and preaching and teaching the gospel. Nothing else was important to him compared to that. He said, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. He set aside anything that might hinder its power and effectiveness. You know, if a person is offended by God's word, well, that's their problem. If a person is offended by biblical doctrine or biblical standards or church discipline, that's their problem. If a person is offended by God, that's their problem. But if a person is offended by our unnecessary behavior or practices, our exercising our liberty when we ought not, then it's not their problem, it's our problem. Paul then goes on to paint ministry as something that affects every aspect of our lives, not just a few hours on Sunday. Verse 24, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Now, the Greeks uh, had two great athletic festivals, the Olympic Games, which were recreated about a century ago, and the Isthmian Games, and those were held at Corinth. And so the people there were very familiar with these Olympic-style games. And contestants that wanted to participate in those games had to prove that they had been in training for a minimum of 10 months. And the last month before the games, they were at Corinth, and they were daily supervised with their workouts in the gymnasium and on the athletic fields. And, and, and Paul points out that after all of this effort, the months and months of self-discipline and self-sacrifice, those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. After all that effort, 
they all, only one received the prize. You know, there's a great difference between those races and the race that the Christian runs in. Because every Christian who is willing to pay the price of training can win their race. You see, we don't compete against each other, but against the obstacles, the physical, practical, and spiritual obstacles that would hinder us. In, every, in a sense, every Christian runs his own race, enabling each of us to be a winner in winning souls to Christ. And Paul says, therefore run in such a way that you might win by setting aside anything that might hinder you. Verse 25, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Now, the person who put all of those months of of self-sacrifice in and happened to be the winner was given a prize. They were given a pine wreath. Pine wreath. It was... uh, Pine is a very soft wood. It didn't last very long. And they were also uh, famous, but only for a short period of time. Everything that they received for all of their efforts was perishable. But Christians do not run for a pine wreath or the short-lived fame. We run in order to receive a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award on that day. We run to receive an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away in heaven. 1 Peter 1.4. The prize that we run for is imperishable. Verse 26. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. He's saying if I'm running, I'm running straight towards that finish line. I'm not deviating to the left or to the right. And if I'm boxing, I'm making every blow count. I'm not wasting time. I'm not wasting energy. I'm focused on achieving the goal. Verse 27. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. See, an athlete uh, follows the rules of training, not the rules that his body would like to dictate. He runs when he'd rather be resting. He eats a balanced meal instead of a chocolate sundae. I don't think they had them back then, but... That's an illustration. He goes to bed when he'd rather stay up. Uh, he, he leads his body, and he doesn't let his body lead him. And Paul trained rigorously, lest possibly after I preach to other, I myself should be disqualified. It's another metaphor from the Isthmian Games. A contestant who failed to meet all of the requirements in training was disqualified. He wasn't even allowed to run, let alone to win. Now, this verse, incidentally, introduces the next subject that Paul is going to talk about in chapter 10, and we don't have time to look at that today. But in chapter 10 and following, he looks on the things that can cause disqualification for the Corinthian believers. Paul ran a race. He considered life a race, and he ran that race to win. Now, there are some aspects, some characteristics of Paul that we can find, we can look at, and we can apply to ourselves. For instance, Paul... He had the right message. He knew the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he learned how to communicate that gospel to his culture at his time. And so we need to have the right message. We really need to know the gospel presentation, and we need to learn how to communicate that gospel to our culture in our time. 
Uh, Paul had a compelling motive. He wanted to hear those words, Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. And the scriptures tell us that every one of us someday is going to stand before God. And I would hope that every one of us here is also going to hear those words. Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. He had a compelling motive. And he had a divine calling. He had, Jesus Christ had met him on the road to Damascus and given him that assignment. And Jesus Christ has given each and every one of us an assignment. It's called the Great Commission. And all of us are called to fulfill our part in the Great Commission. Fourth, Paul was bold. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're living in a time when uh, people are being conditioned and trained to think in terms of political correctness. And they're uh, being conditioned to look at certain things as though uh, being associated with something that's shameful. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was energized by the Holy Spirit. He walked in the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was obedient to the Holy Spirit. He did not quench or, or, or grieve the Holy Spirit. And we ought also to walk in the Holy Spirit as well. He also had a strategy, a method that he developed, and it worked. He would go into a city, and he would go to the synagogues first, and he would preach to the Jews there. And the reason for that was because Jesus was the fulfillment of many Old Testament prophecies. He fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies. And so Paul could go into a synagogue. He would preach the gospel to those that the Holy Spirit had given life and light. They would hear it and they would say, yes, I can see the connections now. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And then after a while, he would no longer be welcome at the synagogue. And so he and those Jewish believers would leave the synagogue, but they would then go to the Gentiles and they would present the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. He had a, a method that he used in every city that he went to. He had a strategy. And he had a desire to, to, to see people saved. He, he really loved people. He didn't want anyone to go to hell. Hell is a very real place. The Bible tells us there's a hell. Jesus tells us there's a hell. It's a place that no, nobody would want to be in. If they knew what it was like, they would not want to be there. And Paul loved people. He didn't want them to go to hell. And so he said, I have... I have a responsibility. I'm a debtor to these people. I have a responsibility to tell them how to avoid going to hell, to provide for them salvation. And then lastly, as we've just looked at here, he was willing to do just about anything to win people to Christ. He made himself a servant to people in order to win them to Christ. He had an incredible ministry of evangelism. Now, how does this apply to us? Well, folks, we've got, in, a, in about a month, Holy Week coming upon us. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday, uh, Palm Sunday. And you know that, that for some people, they only go to church one time a year. And it's on Easter Sunday or it's during Holy Week. And they only come if they're invited. And so we have uh, many teams preparing for ministry opportunities during Holy Week. Uh, on Easter Sunday, uh, we're going to have uh, a team here to, to help accommodate the people that are coming to church. We're going to be using the overflow areas, and we're doing everything that we can to prepare for them. And in every one of these events, we're going to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're, we're working together as a church family to make all of these events happen with excellence. Musicians are studying their music. Singers are studying their lyrics. Everyone's pulling together uh, for excellence to the glory of God. And everyone here can be a part of it as well. And by you inviting people to come and hear the gospel, you are doing your part in, in fulfilling the Great Commission. 
But also, we as a church family need to be praying. We need to be praying that, that the Lord will bring across our paths people who are seeking Him. And then give us the words so that, that those people hear from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks through us to those people, and those people find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We need to pray for God's protection and blessing uh, and guidance uh, as we come towards these events. We need to pray that God puts the right people in the right places for these events. And in the mall, there is a table. It's covered with evangelism materials and flyers. And we just want to invite you to take them and and pass them out to people. Uh, And we want you to, uh, all of us, join together in preparation, even now, for a great uh, Resurrection Sunday celebration. Amen. Amen. With that, you've got a sneaky little glimpse into just exactly what goes on here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and how we take what the Apostle Paul is laying out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 seriously. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, a bit more about who we are, what we believe, service times, how to get here. A great place to start is our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Well, tomorrow we continue looking at 1 Corinthians. We are in chapter 10. Join us then for study verse by verse with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.